1 Corinthians chapter number 16, 1 Corinthians chapter number 16, thank you for the music as always, always a blessing, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 16, and uh, we uh, look forward to seeing what God has f- uh, for us from this passage of scripture, I've preached four messages from this chapter, I plan on preaching from this chapter this morning and then again this evening, uh, Lord willing, and then uh, the next two Sundays we'll turn our attention to Uh, the birth of our Savior and the truths that surround that. Uh, But I want to uh, bring a message this morning that should be a help to us as a church and a challenge to us as a church, perhaps a little bit uh, different, unusual message, not just for this time of year, but maybe on a Sunday morning. Uh, But I think it's something that we need to give our attention to. So we look in 1 Corinthians chapter number 16. Of course, Paul, the Apostle Paul, is writing this letter from Ephesus to the church uh, churches at Corinth, and uh, I so much enjoy, as I've mentioned to you many times through, through not just the past several weeks, but the years, I enjoy getting down into Paul's uh, personal uh, correspondence, not just his letters addressing the church, but as he comes and wraps up this letter, uh, you get a sense of uh, his relationships with other Christians. Uh, sometimes we look at these Bible characters as being uh, superhuman, and they're not. They're just like you and I, and uh, God used them in great ways. And so you get a sense of His humanity and a sense of His relationships, and so I enjoy that. And so tonight I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that, but also this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter number 16, we're going to read verses 12 down through 18. And before we begin reading in verse number 12, let me remind you that in this final chapter, Uh, He's addressing the church. They're expecting him to come. He tells them that he's not able to come at this time, that he's going to stay in Ephesus. He tells them God has opened a great and effectual door. There's a door of ministry, a door of opportunity that he did not anticipate when he first told them that he would be coming. He says, now, when I come, I'm going to try my best to spend some time with you and not to re-preach some of the sermons I've preached in past weeks on this, but knowing their disappointment, he encourages them. He sends Timothy uh, in his place, and he explains that Apollos isn't going to be there, and uh, he's going to give them some other greetings, and we see this in verse number 12. As touching our brother Apollos, I greatly desired him to give unto you with, come unto you with the brethren, But his will was not at all to come at this time, but he will come when he shall have convenient time. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. Let all your things be done with charity. I beseech you, brethren, ye know the house of Stephanus, that it is the firstfruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints." That ye submit yourselves unto such, and to every one that helpeth with us and laboreth. I am glad of the coming of Stephanus, and Fortuitus, and Archaeus, for that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied. For they have refreshed my spirit in yours, therefore acknowledge ye them that are such. I want us to notice uh, one of these individuals that is mentioned here in verse number 15. I beseech you, brethren, ye know the house of Stephanus, that it is the firstfruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. We're going to look at this house of Stephanus this morning, and I want to look at the fact that they were ministry addicts. And I want to preach on that this morning, ministry addicts. 
addicts. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that you would use your word today to help us. May we be encouraged. May we be strengthened. May we be challenged today. Father, once again, save the sinner who's yet to put their faith and trust in Christ. I pray your will would be done, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I hope by now, with some of the emphasis that we have placed, not just through the past weeks, but through the years, that we get in the habit of not overlooking names that seem insignificant to us. Certainly, you see the name Paul, and Paul's a significant character in church history and in, in, in the Bible. But every person that is mentioned, whether by name or not, is significant, is important. And they're important certainly to our Lord, but they're important in the work of the Lord. And let me just remind all of us this morning, it takes everybody to do a great work for God. Those that we would say that are, 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 are in, the, in the eye of man, such as the pastor or the others who would serve in some capacity like that, but those that serve in the shadows... That seemingly nobody knows their name. The Lord knows the, the effort. The Lord knows the contribution. And it takes everybody to do a work for the Lord. But you find the Apostle Paul as he mentions and addresses certain individuals. And certainly he is, he is giving some instruction. And as I've already mentioned, he is telling the church that was expecting him, I'm not going to be able to come. And he mentions some others that they knew. Apollos, he's not coming. And he gets to... Verse 15, he says, I beseech you, brethren. And then he mentions, oh, by the way, you know the house of Stephanus. That is the first fruits. This is what we know about the house. We say the house, it's not just Stephanus. It's, I don't know his wife's name, Mrs. Stephanus. It's the children. It's everybody who's in that household. This is who he's talking about, and this is what we know about them. They were the first fruits of Achaia. This is a place you read of them in the book of Acts. There was great opposition there as Paul ministered there. There were some who stirred up the people against him. This was a little place in Greece that Paul ministered to, but certainly he's mentioning there was fruit in spite of that opposition. There was fruit in our efforts. And here's some of the first fruits was his house. Think for a moment. Remember the first person you led to Christ? Remember that first person you reached in a Sunday school class? The first person you got to get on the church bus? The first person that joins the church after a new church has started? He's reflecting these are some of the first fruits of our effort. That's significant. And then he talks about that they have uh, addicted themselves in the ministry of the saints. And there's another conclusion that we can draw from this. The fact that he could just mention the household of Stephanus without giving any further explanation, other than they're the first fruits, we can draw the conclusion that this was a household of prominence. This was a household that all he has to do is say the name of Stephanus, and they know exactly who he's talking about. They know exactly who he's referencing. He does the same thing with Timotheus or Timothy. They would know Timothy. They Apollos. They knew Apollos. Those are two names that we've heard before as they have ministered the word of God. But here he mentions the household of Stephanus, and 
I draw the conclusion that this was a household that had some standing in the community. They had some prominence, if you will. But their standing did not permit, uh, prohibit them from serving. They were not known for their talent, but for their addiction. The addiction that they couldn't live without. They were not known for ability. They were known for the addiction that when they went to bed each night, they went to bed thinking about. When they woke up, it didn't take them long to start thinking about that addiction. Throughout the day, they looked for that next fix. What were they addicted to? Was this addiction to some drug? Was this addiction to, to alcohol? Was this addiction to sports or to some hobby? Was this addiction to video games or social media? No. They had addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. There are ministries inside the church today that are designed to help cure the addicted. Certainly these are necessary. You think of pornography and drugs and alcohol. There is a necessary call for the Christian to have victory over these things. And let me say, Christian, if you're saved and you have an addiction to one of these things, you've got enough in you, the Spirit of God, that you can get victory over that. I want you to have victory over that. Your church family would want you to have victory over that. There's a call to get victory over those things. It's a necessary call. However, this morning, my call is not for Christians to get over an addiction, although that would be a good thing. My call this morning is for Christians to become addicts. That's right. We need more addicts in the church. Those who have addicted themselves to the ministry. Those who have addicted themselves to ministering to the saints. They think about it when they're alone. They think about it when they go to bed. They think about it when they get up. They think about it when they get through the week and there's certain things that they see that trigger them and that addiction and it's the ministering to the saints. If we define the word addict, it is to apply oneself habitually, to devote time and attention by customary or constant practice. It's a habit. It's something that you don't even think about from the standpoint of it's just what you do. It's time devoted to this addiction. It's attention devoted to the addiction. You think of those things that, we, that, are, that, that will destroy us, that we can become addicted to. Uh, we will ignore everything else to give the attention to that addiction. Could you imagine what would take place in our world if Christians became addicted to ministering to the saints, 
That word minister can be simply defined to attend and serve. What Paul was saying is the house of Stephanus, which immediately they would know who he was talking about. And how they had become, they had addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints, to attending to and serving the saints. What a change it would make in our world if our churches were full of people who woke up every day with the habit of serving. If they woke up, I have to find someone to be a blessing to today. If instead of just making themselves happy, the Christian had this intense craving and desire to be the difference in the life of another. Why, I have to reach out to them. I, I have to respond to them. I have to meet that need. Oh, pastor mentioned this to be prayed for and the needs in this area. I have to be a part of that. I have to be the one to encourage the saints. What a difference it would make if we had some addicts who throughout the week was searching for some way to serve the church, some way to be a blessing. I tell you, there'd be a lot less discouraged Christians if somebody would become an addict to minister to the saints. Now, I'm for missions. We're giving to missions. We're doing more for all of those things and for reaching the lost. And that's the command for our Savior. But friend, it would make a difference in, in our lives if we would just say, I want to attend and serve the needs of my brothers and sisters in Christ. I want to attend and serve those that need somebody to be an encouragement to them. There'd be a lot less discouraged Christians. There'd be less lonely Christians. More would get done in the church if we had more ministry addicts. Like the household of Stephanus. Sadly, the extent of ministry and ministering to the saints of a lot of Christians is just to the extent of telling somebody else that there's a need. Or maybe questioning why has nobody met this need? That wasn't this household. They were all on the same page. They all had the same addiction. The Bible doesn't tell us who got addicted first. The Bible doesn't tell us if it was Stephanus who got the addiction first or if it was his wife who got addicted first or if it was one of the kids who got addicted first. We just know that somebody got addicted and then that addicted affected somebody, addiction affected somebody else in that house. Before long, the whole household was addicted to serving those they served the Lord with, those they went to church with, serving the people around them. They were addicted to it, meaning they didn't just do it 
around Christmas time. They didn't just do it when, when there was a, a, a recognition of it. It is what they did on a daily basis, and they, were, they, they wanted to do it. They had the habit of doing it. They desired to do it. It's what they thought about when they weren't doing it. The moment that they would meet a need, there was a desire to meet another one. Sadly, sadly, we can take the blame many times for the church not being as effective as it should be, as effective as it could be. Let me just say to everybody in here, uh, assuming that you're saved this morning, let me just tell you, no matter uh, how long you've been, it's going to be your first time this morning, but let me tell you, the, the household of faith needs each and every Christian. You are important enough to God that He would send His Son to pay for your sins. You're important enough to Him that He gave us a church that we could serve together, that we could encourage one another. And friend, we come to the house of God to, to put our focus on Him and to learn from His Word how we can better serve Him, how we can go out into this world and to be a light, to be a witness, to fulfill the Great Commission. But friend, doesn't it make sense that along the way, if we can serve one another, encourage one another, there'll be more people to fulfill the Great Commission. There'll be more people to be a light in this dark world. There'll be more people who can shed the light of Christ. Well, we, need, we don't need those who are addicted to complaining. We need Christians who are addicted to serving, the, and minister to the saints. Let's consider a few things this morning about ministry addicts that Paul reveals to us. Number one, ministry addicts should be respected in the church. If we look at verse number 18, for they have refreshed my spirit in yours, therefore acknowledge ye them that are such. I thank God for everybody who uses their talent for the Lord. I'm thankful for the song that we just heard. I'm thankful for Brother Montgomery as he sings it and uses his ability. You say, what if we didn't have him? It'd be Brother Fox or Brother Cruz. I'm, I'm thankful for Brother Montgomery this morning. <laughs> Apparently, you are too. <laughs> I'm thankful for those that use their talent and their ability in the opportunity God has given them. And the work that goes into it should be acknowledged. But Paul reminds the church Acknowledge them that are such, those that serve, those that minister, those that meet the needs. I've taught you in a series before from the same perspective of the Apostle Paul, those ministry companions. Paul could do what he could do because there were Christians who would minister to him and minister with him. And friend, if you and I would be addicted to meeting the needs of brothers and sisters in Christ, of those around us, you don't, we don't know who God might use in a greater way. We don't know who God might raise up to make a difference in this world if we'll just get addicted to helping everybody around us attending to their needs. 
They should be respected in the church. Boy, I'm thankful that the Emmanuel Baptist Church does not have a caste system. Does not have a system of these people are more important than these people and these people have, have, have earned the right to do, do this while these have not. No, this is God's church. We all belong to God's church and God has given us all different talents. He's given us all different abilities. He give, he's given us uh, more, more things that we can use for Him and less in some areas and we're supposed to all use everything God's given us to His honor and glory. We all should be an encouragement and a help. I'm thankful we have a church with that heart and that spirit. But are you addicted to it? Is it something that after you leave on Sunday, you, you don't think about those people until you see them the next Sunday? That's not an addiction. That's a convenience. Boy, those who... It makes the church move forward. Those that are in the shadows, it just says, Pastor, I just want to serve. I just want to meet the need of somebody. The second thing Paul reminds us of when it comes to ministry addicts is, number two, ministry addicts should be the examples in the church. Look at verse number 16. Of course, in verse 15, he speaks of the household of Stephanus and how they've addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Verse 16, that ye submit yourselves unto such, and to everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. He's not now taking Stephanus and making him the pastor, the leader of the church. But what he is saying, submit yourself to their example. Submit yourself to their leadership. We as the pastor of this church, there's leadership that comes with the office of the pastor. The pastor should have leadership qualities to fulfill that office. But the pastor is not the only person who should lead in the church, who should be an example in the church. That's right, pastor. That's why you have a staff, not just the staff. But what Paul is saying to the child of God who understands what ministry is all about, it's not just an office or a title or an acknowledgement or a pat on the back. It's the fact that we become addicted to meeting the needs of somebody else, of serving others, of, of, of making ourselves available to do that what maybe nobody else will do for the benefit of brothers and sisters in Christ. Paul says, they're the examples. Submit yourself to them. If you study the, the, the book of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, the, those people like all people, they had to be reminded that it's not about this personality, it's not about this personality, it's not about who's doing this or who's doing that. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we are truly all about the Lord Jesus Christ, we're serving one another. We, become, we should be trying to become addicted to ministering and meeting the needs. And Paul writes and says, submit yourselves unto such. The church of God would make a greater difference in this world if we were less concerned about our social media followers 
am more concerned about serving. We as people have a tendency to put a premium on things God does not put a premium on. We have a tendency to reorder some things that God would not reorder. And Paul is just reminding them, and I think it's a good reminder for you and I. Those that should be the examples don't always have flashing lights by their name. Paul is saying, remember the household of Stephanus? They think about one thing. Ministering to the saints. They should be the example. Could you imagine what would happen? And I believe I pastor a church of servants. But could you imagine what would happen in Jackson, the greater Jacksonville area if every member of Emmanuel Baptist Church served everybody around them? Let's take it a step further. Could you imagine what would happen in the greater Jacksonville area if every member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church became an addict, was addicted? Where's so-and-so? Why aren't they here today? Well, I hope the pastor follows up on them. No, that's not how an addict thinks. I, 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 got, I got to make sure they're okay. I got to encourage them to be back. I, they're, 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 they're sick. The whole family's sick. Well, pastor, pray for them. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to make sure they've got, they've got meals. I'm going to ministering. From time to time, we get discouraged. From time to time, the burden gets heavy. Well, I'm just waiting for somebody to come encourage me. Hey, why don't you become addicted to helping and ministering and serving somebody else? You'll find your encouragement in meeting the needs of somebody else. The third thing we're reminded by the Apostle Paul is found in verse number 17. I am glad of the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus. Notice this, for that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied. Number three, ministry addicts fill the gaps in the church. Ministry addicts don't have the, 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 the mindset well, if pastor asks me to do this, then I'll do it. Or I, I'm, not really, I'm not really called to that. I don't have that gift. Being a servant is not a gift. I, I don't, well, what does a ministry addict do? He fills in the gaps. Paul says, that which was lacking on your part. Now, what was lacking on their part? There's either something that they didn't give that they could have given. But there was also, they gave, and they gave of what they had, and there was still a need. There was still a void. There was still a gap. And what the household of Stephanus would do because, but that's just, I got to serve. They're not waiting for the perfect opportunity. There's a void. I can fill that void. There's the person sitting in the auditorium that nobody's spoken to. I'm going to go speak to them 
instead of always just speaking to my friends. Oh, there's the person that it seems like I noticed, I paid enough attention that this week their shoulders are stooping a little more than they were. They must be going through something. And this is not the ministry of encouragement in meeting the needs of brothers and sisters of trying to find out what's going on so you can talk to somebody else about what's going on in their life. It's just like, hey, they seem a little down. They seem, the, the burden's a little heavy. I want to do what I can do to fit that gap and to meet that need. We must not have the attitude, well, that's the pastor's responsibility. Let me help you. You may, you may think I'm Superman, close, but I'm not. Why can't the pastor be everywhere at the same time? Why can't he read everybody's mind? Why can't he meet everybody's need? And then at the same time, it's like, well, he's just human. Who does he think he is? The point I'm making is there's got to be some gap fillers. There's got to be some households of Stephanus that says, God didn't bless us musically. God didn't bless our family with that. They're never going to get our family up there to sing as a group. But what can we do? We can find the gap. We can find the void. We can find the person that seems to be neglected. And we can find the one that seems to... Let's find the job that nobody wants to do. We'll do it because it's serving, it's ministering to the saints. They don't wait for others to meet the need. They want to meet the need. They don't wait for others to do what they could do. I've, I've, I've been around church my whole life. I've been in ministry a long time. I'm a fairly observant person. I'm a, I'm a student of not just church history, but of people and all of those things. And, uh, you know, there's, there, there's, there's just some things that people just want to wait. And if I'm asked to do, and there's just some things that people don't want to do, Friend, it's a great thing for somebody to say, well, I'm not going to wait to even be recognized. I'm going to wait. Well, if I get an official offer, you know, friend, there's a lot of people in this room, which means there's needs in this room. What a difference it would make if we just said, I'm going to fill the void. I'm going to fill in the gap. You have to become addicted to serving. Addicted, I'm reminded of what Jesus said in Matthew 23, 11, but he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. He, our Lord, thought very highly of John the Baptist for a lot of reasons, but we're reminded through John the Baptist through the Lord that Jesus was a servant. How arrogant of us as people to be below serving in capacities that our Lord would serve in. Our Lord would not I got to find somebody to tell there's trash that needs to be taken out. He'd take the trash out. Our Lord, pastor, somebody needs to help them. He'd help them. 
Well, that's because he's the Lord. That's the point I'm making. Oh, may we have a revival of selfless service. And this morning, I believe I'm preaching to the greatest church on God's planet. There's not another church in this world that I would want to not even attend, much less pastor than the Emmanuel Baptist Church. We serve. This is a church of servants. But friend, the challenge this morning is this. If you're not serving, let's serve. My challenge is this. Are you addicted to it? Is there, is there an expiration date on it? Is it, is, it, is, it, is it something that, well, I just if I have to do it or, or, or I need to get the recognition for it, no, we ought to serve because we're addicted to it. If you're addicted to it, you don't need the pastor to point out somebody. If you're addicted to it, you don't have to stumble over them. You're looking for it. If you're addicted to it, on Monday you're thinking about how you can serve somebody. How you can help somebody. I give us number four. The fourth thing Paul reminds us of when we should consider about ministry addicts is that ministry addicts are encouragers in the church. Look at verse number 18. What does Paul write? For they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Those that are just content to serve others. Don't need recognition. Don't need an acknowledgement. Although we, we enjoy, there's nothing wrong with that. We enjoy that. It encourages us. But they're not doing it because somebody asked them. They're not doing it because there's recognition attached to it. They're not even doing it because there's responsibility of a, of, a, of a position or a title attached to it. They're doing it because they're addicted to meeting the needs of others. They're addicted to meeting and encouraging. Hey, if I encourage this man, maybe I've helped their home. If I've encouraged this young person, what is God going to do with their life one day? Hey, I've encouraged this person. They've, they've fallen by the wayside. Well, Pastor, they shouldn't get discouraged, and they, they shouldn't get depressed, and, and they, shouldn't, they, they shouldn't get away from the Lord. Yeah, none of us should, but we do. There's got to be somebody that says, I've got to encourage them. I've got to help them. I, I don't have to wait for the pastor to call me and say, can you, th- can you pray for for so-and-so, I'm already looking. I woke up this morning. Who am I going to help? Who am I going to encourage? And even the Apostle Paul wrote, he says, you know the household of Stephanas, for they have refreshed my spirit. Was there a better Christian than the Apostle Paul? You could make the argument it perhaps would be a losing one. We don't know. Of course, only God can measure that. But I think we could say he was an above-average Christian. I would think as you read his letters and he talks about his beatings, his imprisonment, his rejection, those who, 
who stirred up people about. Can you imagine the things that were said? And, and we know that were said, and even the things that aren't even recorded that were probably said about the Apostle Paul. He never needed refreshing, did he? He was such a good Christian that the burden never got heavy. That he never got, his flesh never got weary. The rejection of Christ and, and the, the hardship of ministry never took its toll on him. We can draw those conclusions and they would be wrong. Because even the Apostle Paul, as he's writing, he says, I know you're expecting me to come to you. I can't because God is doing something that we did not anticipate him to do. So I'm going to stay here in Ephesus and walk through that door. But I desire to come to you. And when I do come to you, I'm going to spend some time with you. And he's writing and encouraging them. You remember how we preached on this a couple of weeks ago. Watch ye, stand fast. Here's some things for you to do right now until I come. And then, he's, then he continues writing. He says, oh, by the way. The household of Stephanus, who have addicted themselves to the ministry. There's a couple of reasons why he's reminding them. He's reminding them God's opening a door. There might be another Stephanus that I'm going to reach. He says, you know who I'm talking about, for he's refreshed my spirit. You know you, you know ministry addicts can refresh the spirit of the preacher can refresh the spirit of the pastor. This is a large flock for me to attend to. This is a stubborn, hard-headed <laughs> flock for me to attend to. With a lot of people come a lot of needs. It's my desire that through the Lord every need is met. What a refreshing thought it is that there are people in God's church who are busy meeting the needs of the brothers and sisters in Christ. That refreshes my spirit because it's my desire for every need to be met. Often the burden is heavy on the pastor. Contrary to popular belief, he's not superhuman. But you know what refreshes the spirit of the Apostle Paul? Refreshes the spirit of God's servants? For people just to serve other people without being asked, without even acknowledgement, without recognition. Well, I don't have the talent to do. But you can be addicted to serving. Whether the encouragers in the church, for they have refreshed my spirit and yours. I don't know how you do it. We're running out of time. But this morning, there could be an uplifting of hands by everybody in here, I believe that there'd be somebody else in this church that's been an encouragement to you. The goal and desire ought to be for every member, attender of this church, 
is that there would be somebody who would raise their hand and they're thinking of you, that you encourage them. Now, it's true that even encouragers need people to encourage them. But Paul is reminding them that the ministry addicts are the encouragers in the church. You know, when there's a discouraged spirit in the house of God, it's because there's no encouragers. The Word of God encourages us. I'm thankful. You think about what our country has been through the last many years. The battles even our church has faced through the last many years. I can testify to the goodness of God that through all the mess of our country, through all the different, through, through COVID and the politics and everything, this church has not had a discouraged spirit. Now, sometimes the burden's heavy. Say, so why is that? Well, we've got a good God who takes care of us. We've got the Spirit of God who gives us what we need through His Word. But it's also because there's a church that's not so worried about itself, but understands that we have a responsibility to minister to others. Now, we need some more addicts in the church. I'll qualify just in case I need to. Ministry addicts. So as we come to conclusion this morning, this could be a soundbite that could certainly get misconstrued. My plea with you this morning is to get addicted. Get addicted to ministering to the saints. Well, I, I want to be in this ministry or I'll serve in this ministry, but if I, I, I don't know why he wants me to serve over here. I want to serve. No, let's just get addicted to ministering to the saints, not to a position, to people. May we, we leave the, 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 the building and the property this afternoon. May our mind still continue to think of somebody that we can be a help to, somebody we can be a blessing to. May we, our eyes be open as we go our way. And, and, and throughout the week, we do, we do business in our community. We think of those we went to church with. The Lord impresses somebody on our heart and our minds. They, well, they have a need. I hope somebody meets that need. Where our prayers turn to Lord, would you allow me to meet their need? Would you allow me to cross the path of somebody I can help and I can encourage them? I can encourage them. Would you allow me to serve in this ministry of encouragement? You know what? You don't have to have certain talents to do that. Well, if I had the opportunity to sing, you don't need an opportunity to serve. Just look around you. We've lost the fact that service is not a position. It's an act toward our brothers and sisters in Christ. We serve them in prayer. We serve them. Sometimes it's just a little note or a text. Well, Pastor, how do I become an addict? You've got to completely surrender. And I don't have time to really expound on this, but I think I can say enough. There's some of you sitting in here you thought you would serve God a different way. And he hasn't opened that door. 
You don't need a call to serve. You don't need a call to minister to the needs of other people. You've got to be, and there's, there's some Christians who are bitter because life didn't turn out the way and they're not being able to do the things they thought would, that they would, they would want to do or they desired to do. Friend, why don't you just fully surrender and say, this is where God's got me. This is what life has brought me. What can I do? I know one thing, the house of Stephanus, they encouraged Paul. They encouraged the church. They were set up as an example. Why? Because they were just addicted. It's all they thought about. Which is, how can I help the saint? How can I encourage the saint? Friend, this morning in our pursuit of sinners, let's not ignore the saint. In our pursuit of preaching the gospel to every creature, may we remember the people who God has placed us in the same church with, serving alongside. Let me ask you this question as well. When's the last time you sent a note of encouragement to somebody? You know what would do some of you good? When you came in the church, you actually put a smile on your face. You actually, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. I may not know what you're going through. But once you resign the ministry of discouragement and join the ministry of encouragement, because no matter what you're going through, God is able. Amen. And there's seasons. There's been times when I've been burdened. There's been times when I've, I've faced great trials. And you do all you can do to just get in the church doors. But after 365 Sundays in a row, it's probably a little more than your burden. Why don't we look for the needs of others and say, Lord, here am I. We, we preach this. Uh, every, every young person say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Do you want me to go to this continent and preach the gospel and this place and preach the gospel? Do you want me to start this ministry? No, what we need in our churches today is for Christians to just say, Lord, I make myself available to be an addict. I take you back to something I mentioned towards the beginning the Bible does not tell us who got addicted first. But something tells me if Stephanus got addicted first, everybody else was getting addicted. If we had some men who would get addicted, something tells me this family would follow. It's a proven fact that if dad says... We're getting plugged in the church. The family's getting plugged in. And when we have areas of service, we should not have, quite frankly, more ladies signing up than men. Would to God we had some men say, I want to be an addict. I'm just going to make myself available. To be a blessing to somebody else. Now, ladies, don't sit there and say, well, I'm waiting on him. Or I'm single. Or I don't have, I mean, I'm waiting on him. No, you become addicted as well. Young people, get addicted. 
to being a help and a blessing to somebody. Who would Jesus minister to? Well, the short answer is everybody, but he looked for those who were the forgotten. With a burden and had no man to help him. Church, I believe we're making a great difference in our community. And no matter how big of a difference we're making, I can make this statement. We can do more. We can do better. May we have some ministry addicts. Father, I pray that you would.